Welcome to Power to Sell, a student-led podcast recorded in front of a live student audience on the campus of North Dakota State University. Power to Sell focuses on the human skills that enable us to build trust, human relationships, and simply understand one another, which is foundational to being persuasive or being great at leadership and or sales. My name is Eric Trudevic, and I'm focused on how we transform these ordinary skills to the extraordinary, or as I prefer, a superpower. Now, our student hosts. Welcome to the Power to Sell podcast. My name is Eli. I'm a marketing student here at NDSU. I'm joined today by my two fellow business students, Peyton and Fernando. You guys ready to get started? Absolutely. I'm excited to talk to our guest today. He is a co-founder at a company called We Clean. Welcome to the podcast, Jared Heinemann. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, excited to be here. Great. So let's start with a real softball question. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jared. Um, I'm a North Dakota native. Uh, grew up in Bismarck, North Dakota, um, and you know went to Century High School. Uh, came to NDSU pretty quick after high school, um, and and started my journey um, on the business route. Perfect. Awesome. So. It's great to have a fellow bison in the room. What made you choose NDSU? Yeah, I uh, I think that was kind of a natural uh, decision. I didn't want to go up to UND because it's just so cold up there. It's still cold down here. Um, and, and NDSU had a great business program. And so um, it made a lot of sense. Uh, there's a lot of things happening on the Fargo side of the state um, in the startup world. And so I think I was just attracted to the area to uh, hopefully start a career and figure out what's kind of next for me after college. Awesome. Uh, so what was like, what did you get, get out the most out of college, do you say? You know, I think there's like this level of uh, people, people are really wanting to mentor college students. Um, and I'll, I'll probably hit on this like five different times over the course of this conversation. But, um, you know, you can get in any door you want well in college. Um, your professor can help open doors for you. Um, you just have an ability to uh, talk to people and meet people that I feel like is otherwise hard when you become a grown adult. And so, um, you know, leveraging leveraging that when you're in college, you can meet people, talk to people, learn things. Um, really, you just get to be a sponge and pick up on so many different things. We talked about it briefly when we introduced you to the podcast, um, but can you tell us a little bit about WeClean? Yeah. So, um, you know, our company is kind of this hybrid service slash technology business. Um, what we came about to do um, was connecting vacation rental owners to home cleaners that want to turn over their property in between stays. Um, you know, we, we entered in a city called Bend, Oregon, which is a population of about 100,000 people um, that had 10,000 Airbnbs. So imagine, imagine looking around here, imagine Fargo, North Dakota, having 10,000 Airbnbs um, that's a pretty high density for a relatively low population city. Um, and, and with that, there was a need for getting these properties turned over. And so we basically took um, software and created a solution that enabled them to automate their process of getting their property turned over uh, so that the next tenant could show up and um, have it be cleaned. And so for us, it was this ability to create a model that turned people's side hustle um, into something that would make money rather than making their side hustle into really a side job. And so um, by automating that piece of it, I feel like we're able to scale um, to many other states and and add more service categories as well. So uh, when and how did you first get the idea for WeClean? So I have have two co-founders, Gary and Amos, and they're both, uh, you know, seasoned entrepreneurs, I suppose. They're both in their 40s. Um, We are pursuing a different idea 
Um, and, and Gary is actually from Bend, Oregon. And that's when Gary just kind of said, like, hey, guys, like, I have all these buddies that have Airbnbs. Um, and they just, they can't, they can't find somebody to clean it. Um, but there needs to be a solution. And so for us, um, really the idea came about is one thing led to another, uh, one pivot came to another pivot. Um, and now we ended up where we are today, where we, um, are serving this, serving this particular demographic of people. That's awesome. So as your business has grown, what has become kind of your strategic advantage? How are you different? How is we clean different from other competitors in the industry or do you have them? Yeah. So, um, you know, a big part of it was software, um, you know, automating what could be automated, um, you know, using people only where you need people. That is a big part of our model. Um, the other piece is uh, our really high quality, um, you know, for our, our people that use us, they live and die by reviews. Um, and so for us, uh, we developed a model that created the ability to give them five star reviews. Um, you know, we worked really hard at making our customers look like heroes. We partnered with a lot of different businesses in the area um, in the cities we operate in, and we would leave like free coffee vouchers on the counter. Um, and we would basically say it was from their host, even though it was really from us. And so everything we've done is pointing back at the host saying, this is your hero, instead of pointing back at it, us, because to us, we're irrelevant to the person staying there. Um, but we just, we worked really hard at finding a way to make our customers look like heroes to the tenants. Um, and, and on top of that, just you know, great customer service, the ability to show up and do the job well every single time. Um, and, and again, the big piece is technology. You know, people, people use our system to book with us a year out. So they have a booking come in on their rental property, um, their short-term rental. They're able to book with us as far out as they want. Um, and now they really don't have to worry about a whole lot more other than just making sure that, you know, they have toilet paper or stuff like that. You know, we take care of all the other things. And so um, a big part of it was just, enabling ourselves to, um, you know, take a lot of these big things off their plate. So uh, we're going to switch gears here a little bit. Um, So our podcast focuses on how we can take what many people think of as ordinary human traits and turn them extraordinary, like a superpower, if you will. Um, So what would you consider to be your superpower? Yeah. um, You know, it's hard because I suppose my first one is I just don't like talking about myself necessarily. Um, I'd say one of the bigger things is humility. Um, I feel like everybody that works for us uh, isn't necessarily intimidated. There's no bad ideas. We're pretty open. Um, the other one is like a growth mindset slash grit. Um, you know, we've faced a lot of a lot of closed doors or walls. Um, you have a lot of rejection. In a business like ours, you raise capital. You talk to venture capital firms. Um, and... And I have a lot more stories of hearing a no than hearing a yes. And that's a big part of our journey. And so, um, you know, figuring out, like, what should you take from people, understanding, like, what do you need to learn from that? Um, and the ability to not take it personally, but just take it as something I need to work on and figure out how can I, you know, in, improve, get better. Um, and, and a big part about that of our organization is a growth mindset of how do we, you know, empower our team to um, continue to learn and get better and excel every day. And um, I think being able to install that has turned into a superpower for not just me, but our organization itself. Uh, so Jared, do you have actually any like real world, real world examples of like utilizing your superpowers? Oh man, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think for us, like, you know, our, we listen to our customers um, and we're always trying to get better. And so, you know, with our, with our customers seeing, seeing how we can get better, like growing in that area and listening to them, 
um, you know, there's this level of like the customer's always right, I guess. And so being humble enough to, to listen to them when they give you feedback and not take it personally, but say, yes, like I want to actually get better. Um, and installing that into our, 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 whether it's our software or our, our employees, um, being able to, um, take that feedback and, and make it into something and not take it in a way that was wrong and just understand you can learn from it. Um, I feel like that's what shaped our organization. And that, that skill, was that easy to learn and install into your company culture naturally, or was that kind of took some time? That's a great question. Um, you know, our company is 100% remote, and so we all work from home. Um, there's about 54, 53 of us. Um, and so a big part of the journey has been how do you manufacture culture when you can't you know, rub shoulders in the break room or things like that. And so we've had to manufacture that. Um, and when I say manufacture, I'm not saying like in a gross way, but we've had to find ways to make these interactions happen. And so, um, you know, whether that's different coffee break meetings you might set up that aren't mandatory, people can come to, um, and, and being able to just make sure that people don't see themselves better than anyone else. Um, you know, that's kind of like, how do you be humble as a leader when, you can't just walk in my door because I don't have a door for you to walk in. You know, I'm on Zoom. And so um, just the openness to let people message you whenever they want to talk to you um, and always having space for anybody to meet. Um, you know, we're very open where people can meet with anybody kind of whenever if they need to. Um, and so just really the organization, there's not really there's a hierarchy, but it's not something where somebody feels that they're better than somebody else. Like we're all we're all here to serve each other um, and serve our staff and our and our um, customers. It's awesome. Were there any other skills that are vital to your entrepreneurial journey? Um, you know, I think uh, I think a large part of entrepreneurship is um, I hate to say it's all about who you know, but like a large part of it is like getting out and just talking to people. Um, you know, it's you're probably one connection away from meeting somebody that you could really help you on your journey, um, and so. You know, it's just, it's important to just talk to people, go to things, learn about other people's stories and actually genuinely care. Um, and, and it's important to continue to just like, you know, not stay in one place, I guess. That's kind of part of the entrepreneurship part is just continue to innovating and, and working on bettering every part of your business and yourself. Uh, so you talked about this a little bit earlier, um, about the role of technology in your business, about automating what you can automate. Um, but what areas within your business are human interactions and human involvement vital? Yeah. So, um, you know, we do perform the cleaning piece of our business. So, um, we can't really automate that piece of our business much more than having a person show up through software, telling when to be there. Um, and then customer service, we really want, um, we want somebody to answer the phone or respond through a text message when a customer needs to talk to someone. And so, um, you know, that like there's this level of intimacy in our business where um, we're in people's homes or their properties and they they don't want to feel like um, they can't get access to somebody part of a company um, just because like you're part of my home. It's my pride and joy. Like I don't I need to be able to talk to somebody if I need to talk to somebody. And so um, that accessibility has been really important for our business. Um, and so we can't really automate through software every piece of that. Um, but again, like there's so many other parts that we can. And so we're able to just invest that much harder into our customer service because we're able to, you know, use technology in other areas so that we can invest in more areas that people need to be. 
So what suggestion would you have to people to develop these superpowers and skills and learn them? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with um, looking at yourself and understanding, like, you know, for me, like, humility is really important. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm still a college kid. I'm still learning. I'm still part of, like, I'm no better than anyone in this room. Um, a lot of you are probably smarter than I am, actually, in all reality. And so for me, like, I think it's just, it's all about just continuing to learn and understand that you probably haven't arrived yet where you want to be. Um, and to really never stop reading, learning, listening to podcasts. Um, you know, for me, like, I think it's been awesome because I'm not good at sitting down and reading, but I can go work out and listen to a book or do different things like that. And so, um, for me, it's just like always learning and, and seeing how I can get better and looking at myself, understanding that I'm probably not the person I want to be today. Um, but I'm definitely getting better and someday I will be closer to that. Right now we're going to take a little break. If we've learned anything over the last several years, we've learned to expect the unexpected. In a world of uncertainty, life throws challenges at the most unexpected times. Consistency becomes essential, and nothing is more consistent than Pepsi. Pepsi Cola has always had great taste, but today, try great taste with zero sugar. This is the Pepsi with zero compromise and zero challenges. This is the Pepsi of the future. This is Pepsi Zero Sugar. Now, back to the podcast. Uh so Jared, um, I think this is a question a lot of us have. Um, so why why do you stay in Fargo? Is it just like convenient, or is there like certain advantage you get from being in Fargo? You know, it's funny because I uh, I feel like that's one of those things that you'll hear a lot when you get out of college. Is you know I'm going to go to this new I'm going to go somewhere warm, or I'm going to go to Minneapolis. Like you hear a lot of that. People just waiting to get out of here. Um, now I do battle the cold, where I'm kind of like, oh man, as it gets cold outside, like why am I here? Um, but a large part of it is, is the people, um, you know, there's a willingness to help and support and get excited about things. And I think in other cities, you're really more of a number, um, we're in Fargo, like you can get known pretty easy where you can, you know, know people, talk to people, um, and be part of making change where if you go to like a bigger city, um, in all reality, like you're just another person living in that city. And so Fargo is just a great welcoming place where you can, um, you know, make change, be part of the whole community, um, and, and invest in things that actually do matter to you. Um, and also like from a startup community side, the ecosystem's incredible. Um, there's some amazing startups coming out of Fargo, uh, some that have exited, some that are, you know, probably a few years out from that. And, um, to have those people to talk to, to mentor you, um, it's hard to find that in other places. And so that openness is really cool here. Uh, just a quick follow up. So that being said, then do you have any plans like maybe leave, like get out of Fargo or maybe or expand, I should say? Um, I, I will probably be in Fargo my whole life, I would think. Um, you know, our business operates in Oregon, New York, uh, Michigan, Colorado, North Dakota. So we're kind of expanding um, all over the place. And so um, luckily for me, I guess I get to travel a little bit for that. And that's pretty cool. Um, but when it comes to where I'm going to call home, um, Fargo is definitely the place where I'll probably call home forever. So that's a, that's a pretty good transition. Um, what's your next big goal or step with We Clean, and what are the challenges that you need to overcome to get there? Yeah, a big part of our, our company is, um, you know, our tech stack that we've developed, um, and are developing. Um, you know, we, we are going to make some, make some improvements on it that will open us up to even more markets. Um, and so, 
um, you know, there's going to be an opportunity for us to basically take our technology and help other cleaning companies achieve similar things that we have. Um, and so a big, a big push that we're doing right now is on the software side of our company. Um, and it's, it's really expensive. It's really difficult. Um, but it's one of those things that we know will set us up better for the future. Um, and just like you were talking about, you know, the human piece of a company, we still have to have that, but the technology piece is something that, um, is just continuing to make us a more successful company. Um, and so the more we can, you know, learn and figure out how to improve that, the better our company will be. So you talked about your cleaners as, as your employees, but how, how do you get in touch with those people? Yeah. So, um, luckily we have smarter people than me that, that work for us, um, and, and are in that department area. Um, you know, a large part of it is, uh, you know, you have job postings and the big part of our company is we take care of our people. We pay them really well. Um, our cleaners make not quite double, but close to double the industry average for what cleaners would make in the country. Um, and a big part of that is we want them to be able to live their life and, and be able to, you know, save money and do things that a lot of us can do. And so, um, but by building this business the way we have, um, you know, we might not have a margin that other companies might, um, but our people are not leaving us. They want to be with us. They want to stay here. And so, um, you know, by lowering that turnover rate on the cleaner side, um, it attracts more cleaners to come work for us. And so, um, you know, we've been really blessed with labor shortage and all the things I'm sure you guys have heard about happening. Um, we haven't felt it to the same degree that other businesses have just because of the way our cleaners talk about us and the way we take care of them. It's awesome. So let's go in a potentially fun direction. Uh, what's a fun or different story or experience that you have had along your journey uh, of starting your business? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> something, I guess, I don't know if the audience would know, but Rob Deerdeck is a professional skateboarder. Um, he started a venture capital group. And um, when we were really early in the stage of building our company, um, and this just shows probably the entrepreneurial sp spirit behind um, us founders and and just like the importance of being creative and probably not taking yourself too seriously along this journey. Because in all reality, like none of us know what we're doing. We're just like figuring it out and taking the best shot we can. Um, but Rob Dyrdek was somebody that stuck out to us as, hey, like, um, and this is our younger days. Now I know not to go after the celebrity um, investors because really that doesn't mean anything. But and our younger days, we were like, oh, it'd be really cool to have him be part of our business. Like he started this new, you know, venture capital group. And so we, um, over the course of a week, uh, sent him, uh, the first day we sent him coffee, um, to his office and a note. We didn't say who we were, but we basically were just giving, alluding to different things with a script, um, about our company without actually saying who we were, what we were exactly doing, but just showing how big the market was, trying to get his attention so he would talk to us. Um, and so we just sent him, coffee one day, um, the second day, and then we said that the next day he's going to have breakfast um, at this time. And so then we sent breakfast the next day to his office. Um, and then the following day, we sent him um, lunch and we let him know, like, not to worry about lunch. Lunch will be coming for you. Um, and then the day after that, we sent him like 10,000 bouncy balls and just basically said, like, just alluding to like the magnitude of the size of this, you know, business and the things that are happening. Um, and then the last day, we sent him a massage therapist to give every person in his office a massage. Um, and that's when we gave him like our information and, and all the things about who we were and whatnot. Um, and he, he immediately called and was just kind of like, 
you know, laughing and thought it was still like such a good idea. But then he was like, what the heck are you doing sending a male masseuse to my office? Just like kind of like, <laughs> it was pretty funny. And so, um, and he didn't end up investing, but he's somebody that um, was super excited about what we're doing. And he's in the product space, not the technology service space. And so there's no alignment. And that just shows the inexperience behind, um, you know, I guess I suppose how far I've learned and come, but uh, you're not going to get a VC group to invest in you when you're outside their portfolio of their expertise. And so um, it just wasn't a good fit for what they were, you know, going after. But um, it was a fun story. It was a fun um, journey and just part of something that, like, I think just shows who we are as founders that um, we definitely don't take the normal route for, you know, doing things. And we're always trying to be creative and think outside the box. Yeah, that's quite an experience. Yeah. Um, so, Jared, like, I know, um, like, what did you learn from that experience today? You know, I think, uh, I think again, like part of it is like, you just have to laugh and learn to enjoy the journey. Um, something that like, you know, in entrepreneurship that I've learned is, um, you know, it's, it's easy to think about like, oh, when I get here, like I'll finally be happy, be content. Like once I finally raise this round or, um, our revenue hits this or whatever, like I'll finally be like able to like actually be happy and excited. Um, kind of similar to college. Cause like once I graduate, I'll finally be happy and you know, I'll finally be able to like do the things I want to do. And you kind of live in this mindset of once I'm finally here. Um, the reality is it's like this game we're playing is a moving target and you really are never going to be satisfied until you learn to be happy where you're at right now. And so, um, I think the biggest lesson through all the no's we've gotten is, um, just understanding that like, that door isn't closed officially more than likely. Um, and that I need to learn to enjoy every step along the way, which is easier said than done. I still struggle with this. Um, instead of choosing to, um, live in this mindset of like, once I'm here, I'll finally be excited or finally be content. Um, because that day is just never going to come. Absolutely. Um, since the audience here and we are all college students, um, what's one piece of advice that you'd like to share with us for us uh in terms of something that you wish you had heard when you were our age yeah i uh you know i sat in the back of class on my computer starting a company and so i probably wasn't the best student for all those things um but uh you know something that i would say is um don't be too cool for the people around you don't be too cool for like just talking to your professors and talking to um you know anyone that's in the classroom or connections you have um you're not too cool for that. Like network, talk to people, um, just like be humble and just like learn from everybody around you. Uh, your professor can connect you with people. Um, and I don't expect a lot of people to know like where they want to end up when you're a junior, senior in college. Like I still don't know where I want to be in 15, 20 years. Um, but the reality is, is start having conversations and learning from people and seeing if you can learn like, you know, things that might interest you. Um, Cause I think that life goes really quick. I think that like I've been out of college for five years now um, and it's crazy how I feel like I was sitting in this classroom last semester. Um, and so just learning to talk to people and just like um, use use your ability being in college to get plugged into different organizations because um, you'll lose that to some degree once you leave college. Is there anything else you would like to cover and let our students know and the rest of our listeners? Um you know, I, I guess I would say um, never, never stop learning. Um, a lot of things in class feel like busy work and there's probably more to it. I think in life, there's a lot of things you um, you don't see the lesson in it until you're probably three, four years away from it. I remember my first job when I was in college and um, not my first job, my, my first real job when I was in college, when I was working it. And, um, you know, during it, 
I don't think I realized all the lessons and all the things I actually learned from it until I was three years into our company. Um, and I saw the way that things um, translated into our business. And so um, a lot of things might feel pointless right now, but they really aren't as you get older and you start to learn the actual bigger meaning behind it. All right. Well, Jared, um, I want to sincerely thank you for joining us today um, for this podcast. Um, this truly has been a really fun conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. It's super exciting to be here and uh, be back where I guess it kind of all started. So. All right, welcome to the post-podcast review, although this is still in the podcast, so I guess I maybe shouldn't call it the post-podcast review. Um, the footnotes. Yeah. The footnotes. You know, I, I really enjoyed listening to you guys interview Jared. It was a great conversation. You know, a few things I took away from the conversation. I loved how he focused on humility, and it wasn't something he just, you know, talked about a few times. I mean, he actually demonstrated it in how he talked about himself and kind of his experiences and so forth. So, I mean, it really comes across as you know, something that authentically, you know, re represents one of his strengths. Uh, the other thing, uh, a comment I wrote, wrote down actually is when he was talking about being happy where you're at right now. I thought that was really good too. But I'm curious, what, uh, what did you guys take away from it? Uh, bouncing off of the humility point that you just made, I, I loved how he was super honest with the whole process. Like he was very candid about what it took, what it took from him personally, what it took in terms of investment, what it takes right now in terms of effort. Um, and I think that helped him paint a picture of like the whole process of entrepreneurship and selling and yeah. all that you, stuff. You guys got a great look into you know, his, his journey. And he's not really that many years out of school. Uh, yeah, no, I really love this story about, uh, about like Rob Dyrdek. I think Rob Dyrdek is actually like, like when he said that, it kind of just stood out to me because like, personally, I think Rob Dyrdek <laughs> is like an underrated entrepreneur. Um, um, I, I, I liked how his approach to getting into contact with Rob Dyrdek. 10,000 like, bouncy balls? Yeah, that was yeah, really funny. I think that, that, was, that was good. Like, I, it's also kind of funny, but... Um, <laughs> I think that I can actually also like, I don't know, if you just approach somebody, like if they, you don't, they don't know you and you just approach them with a business idea, I mean, is it not really going to interest them? Like, like we laugh now, but it was a really good idea in the moment to stand out to an investor. Like it was a really, actually like a really smart it's business process. all those boxes of bouncy balls. Yeah. I, you know? Sure. The male masseuse. I don't know how I'd react personally. <laughs> Probably not positive. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would say part of my favorite part of what he had to say was a lot a lot of it kind of came afterwards when we were talking to him, but uh, just the fact that they're not just a cleaning company, that they're a technology company and that there's always more under the hood. Yeah. Awesome job, guys. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Power to Sell podcast. This podcast is sponsored in part by the North Dakota State University Center for Professional Selling and Sales Technology. Have a great day.